Welcome to the CCUPC Cutting Room Floor. I'm Pastor James. And I am Pastor Dina. And it's good to have you with us. I hope you're having a, a great day. We are in Matthew chapter 20 for this week. Uh, the parable of the workers in the vineyard uh, who get paid each equally, and that causes a little bit of a kerfuffle amongst the workers. Uh, we had the sermon on this this past Sunday, and so I encourage you to go back on on the podcast, and you can pick that up um, on on the channel as well. So uh, we're going to open up here, and I got to say, um, this was a tough passage. Yeah. Um, I must have spent, I spent so much time last week trying to think about this, and it was funny. I told you that, that uh, as I was looking at the commentaries, like, this passage has so little application section in all of the commentaries. It's like the commentators just kind of said, yeah, all right, and we'll go on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, and this one, this one meddles because we, we can understand where the all-day workers are coming from. Like, you know, we get it. We'd be mad too. <laughs> They're mad. They, they feel cheated. Even if they haven't been, they feel cheated, and that's a stinky place to be. Well, and I brought the, the point out uh, because uh, in one of the commentaries, one of the things that, that they did say was that idea that if, if you get upset with the workers, then you really are operating out of merit and not out of grace. And I read that and I went, oh, that hurts because I was, I was. And I, and I thought, how does, how is Jesus wanting us to understand that? So, um, you know, I know that, um, I know that you had some difficulty then translating that to a children's sermon. Yes. What were some of the things that you were thinking about as as you were going through that thought process? I mean, always I try to think about what will relate to them, what will relate to the kids. And just for reference, you know, the kids that come up front are, are pretty tiny. I would say the majority are preschoolers. The oldest is fourth grade. Um but the majority are, are preschool first, kindergarten first, second. Um, and so concrete is kind of good. And, and so I went with the direction of, you know, how many of us have ever uttered the phrase, that's not fair. And, and of course, you know, they all had examples of when, when a brother or sister got something that they didn't or didn't have to do something, you know, a chore or something that they did. Um, and so, so, and when you think about it, we can understand these workers. Like, it's not fair. They didn't work hard as hard. These late day workers didn't work as hard as me. Why should they get the same reward as me? It's not fair. Yeah. And, it, and it's interesting. I, one of the things that I wanted to go into this, uh, if I had had more time in the sermon, was the, the full context of this passage. Um, because it, it really is a, uh, Peter's in the, seen before this so if if you're looking at the greater context in in verse uh excuse me in chapter 19 peter's actually in the scene and and it was the parable of or not the parable but the story of the rich man who says listen i've followed all the law i followed all of you know everything i'm supposed to do what else do i need to do to inherit eternal life and he says and jesus says to him go sell all you have and give it to the poor and come follow me and so he walks away sad um, Peter, in response, says, Lord, we've given up everything to follow you, so what will there be for us? And Jesus responds, you know, yeah, you, there's going to be something for you, but 
the first will be last and the last will be first. He gives kind of this warning and then launches right into this parable. And it's very interesting because it's almost like this warning that Jesus is giving to people saying, listen, it's not who you think, which really gets into, you know, what do we think about who deserves to get into heaven? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even what you think. You, we, even if you go back to uh, before that, when Jesus is telling the disciples they'll have to take up their cross you know I think we often have the mindset well you know I took up my cross I I suffered look at all these things I've given up look at all all that I've missed out on look at all that that I have been you know have striven for to to earn this why isn't my reward bigger than someone who has not taken up their cross or you know maybe sacrificed a little bit but didn't, you know, didn't give up their whole day, didn't work hard in the sun, didn't do all these things that I did. Of course, our rewards should be different. Of course, I should get more. And, and that, I mean, that, that's, of course, it's works righteousness, but it's also the way our whole culture is set up. You know, the, the American dream, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, work hard, and you'll, you know, you'll have the American dream. Sports fields, practice hard, train hard, you know, train harder, than any of your com- your competitors and then of course you're going to win of course your reward will will be given to you because that's what you deserve yeah yeah and and that's i mean you bring up a good point about that this is really works righteousness um when we talk about operating on a merit it's it's works righteousness this is this is uh, you know you get to god by doing the right things mm-hmm. um by behaving the right way by following the right rules and so on and so forth and um you know, I mentioned in Sunday school that that's that's the old that's the entire Old Testament system. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's if we want things to be fair, then we've got to go back to that OT system and 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 <laughs> start following some rules uh, and realize that if we're if we're guilty of breaking ba- breaking one rule, we're guilty of breaking the whole thing. Yeah, and that was something I did bring out to the kids, and it was great. We don't put our kids faces on on the camera on the live stream but I wish everyone could have seen their faces I looked at them you know when we talked about it's not fair and we talk about how parents often respond which is life's not fair and I said to them well what would what would you think if I told you God's not fair and they all kind of looked at me like huh this lady's gotten crazy um but that idea that like we really don't want God to be fair if God was fair then we would be in bad shape because no matter how much we give up, no matter how hard we strive, no matter how good we think we are, we still fall short. We still can't accomplish on our own what Jesus accomplished for us. And so thank goodness God's not fair. But then if God's not fair to us, then then God isn't shouldn't be fair to anybody else either. Again, thank goodness, but... It, it still ruffles our sense of justice of, of, you know, of hard work and, and that idea that, um, that my effort will result in what I want it to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I, even now having gone through it and, and really, you know, there's a, when I go through sermon writing, there's, 
especially a ver uh, in a passage like this, at a certain point, I get to a sense of peace with the passage where I'm okay. This is, I'm I'm sure this is where kind of Jesus is going, at least in the general direction. I think I'm in the right ballpark. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm playing the right sport at least. <laughs> um, and uh, as I got to this, I, you know, it's still this nagging feeling that like, man, that's that's really. I, I get it. There, there's. I want people to to get. You know, we're teaching the our boys. You know, you get what you put into it, and you get what, um, you you get from the effort that you put in. Um, but at the same time, when it comes to God's grace, you know, a lot of times our our merit thing, I think, comes from. Um, the fact that we do live with limited resources, mm -hmm. like there's only so much money in the world. There's only so much, um, you know, there's only so many resources. There's only so much food and so on and so forth. And so there is a very real life lesson to like, if you don't work, then y you don't, you don't eat, you yeah. don't have money, you don't have a house. Exactly. Um, and that's just not, you know, it's a reminder that that's not true in terms of God's economy when it comes to grace. Um, that like there is enough. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, I, in some ways that's a harder thing to get my mind around than, than other things that like there is enough grace, there is enough, um, forgiveness to go around, um, and that God is capable of those things. And it's, it's hard intellectually, let alone emotionally to, to come to that realization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I lifted up to the kids that the, the workers, the all-day workers, weren't weren't upset, and and the word that the Common English Bible uses um, is resentful. Um, the vineyard owner says, "Are you resentful because I'm generous?" Which I love because I think that really, I mean, that nails it down exact to exactly what they were thinking. They weren't resentful until they realized that the late-day workers got the same like they weren't unhappy with what they had gotten they were unhappy when they realized that other people got the same as them and and I I think that does play into you know what you were saying that sense of enough and and you know it's not like the the vineyard owner was saying well you know I had to pay them so now I can't pay you what I owed you mm. he satisfied all of his obligations presumably with enough to do it again tomorrow if he chose but yet it was that sense of compared to you now I don't have enough yeah that's interesting I have so I'm reading from the NIV and I said or and it says in verse 15 there or are you envious because I am generous and it just doesn't have the same punch I mean resentful I can't <laughs> yeah yeah I, I'm quite familiar with the feeling of resentfulness yes yes as am I <laughs> Uh, but envy is not like quite as I, and maybe that's because ironically, you know, yes, we, there are scarce resources, but at the same time we live in a, in a, in a country that has plenty of things. And so it gets, in some ways it gets hard. Envy is harder because we just have so much stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the, but resentful like that, that's a feeling that comes into play a, a lot more regardless of there's, of there's regardless if there is are things at play or not stuff at play or not yeah yeah to me it's kind of the difference between oh man I wish I had gotten a full day's work for only 
working a couple hours that must be nice to you know with envious but with resentful like I really don't want you to be paid the same as me like I not only do I wish I had it but I want you to not have it because it's not fair yeah uh, you know and it's funny because one of the commentators brought out the fact that the, the so in this the workers address the the landowner as an equal because typically in ter- when it was workers to a landowner like the formality would have been what we're used to in like if you would watch a period piece from the medieval period or something like they're supposed to address the 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 landowner as sir or lord mm-hmm. or whatever appropriate title and incidentally sir and lord are the same word in greek so it would have been uh, would have been the same thing um but uh they don't they they just mm-hmm. grumble and they they and presumably they might have to rely on this guy for work tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and and they're 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 kind of biting at the hand that feeds them, which typically isn't a good plan. No. Uh, um so I mean this is some really you know when you're at that level of paycheck to paycheck and you might be ticking off a potential employer for the very next day. I mean th- that's how deep this feeling is going. Yeah, that's that's a a pretty powerful resentfulness. Yeah, it's interesting then that he responds to them, friend. You know, he kind of the landowner kind of takes that that inequality out and and responds to them. I mean, I guess to me, there's a sense of compassion in that in that greeting. Um you know, he says, I, I did you no wrong. I, I did what I said I was going to do. Um, From his but, standpoint, nothing's wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, and that leads into that question. I mean, kind of, you know, I always tell my kids, like, you worry about you. Let that person worry about that person. Like, I feel like that's kind of what the landowner is saying. Like, you worry about you. Don't worry about them. Let me worry about them. That's not your business. Yeah, and, and it's funny because that... That's a um he does it in a way that is still very it it, it retains the relationship mm-hmm. like because he could have said, "Hey, you jerk, yeah, <laughs> you're not being respectful here, yeah, but he says friend yeah. a- and like the, I, I think about you know the number of times that I must have upset God into <laughs> you know, hey, you jerk, yeah, you know, get back in line and and yet to have this image where God might be saying, friend, I've done you no wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and, and is just an amazing thought about God's, it's a dimension of God's grace that, that gets pulled out again. Yeah. Not just in the money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he, the landowner would have been in his complete right to say, thank you. Don't come back tomorrow. Like, don't ever come back here to work again. If you can't, I mean, and how often do we respond to people like, you know, you get what you get and you don't get upset. You know, it's what we tell our preschoolers or fine. If you can't, if, if you're not happy with the paycheck I gave you, don't expect any more. You know, I won't give you one again. Fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't worry. You don't have to worry about this ever again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll never be pay- paid poorly compared to the late day workers again. Cause you won't be working for me. Exactly. Again. But you know, what a thought about God's grace where it's like, you know, I, I've done you no wrong. Take your pay and go. Mm-hmm. There'll be work again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll call you back. And if you come at 5 p.m., you can know where I'll stand. 
um, because it, you know it, it it has this presumption that like I think we get into this this um, attitude we know what tomorrow is going to bring and so you know none of those workers know whether they're going to be showing up at 6 a.m. again or whether something's going to happen and they're not going to be as able as the others or you know the very real reality that they're going to age as well and they're not going to be a first-rate crack worker their entire lives mm -hmm. and so you know maybe they don't appreciate it at this moment but that that the offer is still going to be there and I'm gonna be back in the marketplace and I'll be back there at 6 and 9 and 12 and 3 and 5 every single day mm -hmm. you know where to find me yeah and and to relate uh, relate that to God's grace in our lives where you know you think about things that we're not quite ready on um, like you know different resentments that we might have in our lives where you know I, you struggle to forgive someone for what they've done to you and, and and maybe that's the thing that's holding you back and to to have this realization that that Jesus is standing there saying I'll be here in the marketplace mm -hmm. whenever you're ready to get here I'll be here even if it's 5 p.m. yeah yeah and when you think about that's to me that's a comforting thought when you think about the number of people who have who have walked away from the church or won't give the church or faith a a chance and and of course you know the church deserves it in a lot of ways i you know i don't want to absolve all of the the problems that that come with being a a group of imperfect people gathering together but to me, that brings comfort in, like, when you're ready, you know, like, I get it. Now might not be the right time, but. The number of people that'll say, like, oh, the church will fall down if I step into it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. no, that's that's not the message that's in that, you know, this, this directly contradicts that sort of attitude because Jesus is there saying, no, I'm going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And the grace bound up in that because I even even us, especially, you know, in a helping profession or, or, you know, just trying to be a good neighbor, a good parent, good spouse, whatever, like, you know, how often we respond to someone turning down our offer to fine, if you don't want my help, no problem, I won't offer again, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so that idea that, that God continually waits for us and, and, and honors that the, the very late admission that we do need God's grace as much as God honors the, the people who've grown up in the church and have never left and have have been here serving faithfully and sacrificing and and you know pulling the church along with them it sometimes um, that both of those are precious and honored by God and, and that that brings a parallel I'm, I'm jumping over to Luke because um, that that runs a parallel as as we've talked about of the 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 parable of the the prodigals yeah i was thinking like clearly clearly this perspective was um was something that was pervasive because not only do we have have this sense of of god's grace and in, in compared to what we think is just here but it's also in the prodigal which is kind of the same i mean the the older brother is just really mad that the younger brother gets as much and really more 
than he does. The older brother is the one that's been working hard, nose to the grindstone for, you know, day in, day out, taking care of everything, managing all the burdens. Like, shouldn't he get more than this this younger brother who foolishly squandered all his wealth and ran off and abandoned everybody and then came back? Uh, now, of course, you know, we know that the younger son didn't expect all of this, but but man, like we we can get we get it. We can understand the the older brother. But again, there's that that sense, just like with the workers, you know, there was no joy in that the fact that everyone was getting their needs met. And with the older brother, there was no joy in the fact that his brother had come back. He was just real mad that that it cut into what he thought he was getting. Yeah. <laughs> by by what a, a fattened calf yeah <laughs> so and, and a party <laughs> yeah and a party that um uh it, we're in luke 15 uh if you want to if you're looking at that and want to compare the two parables so it's it's uh matthew 20 and luke 15 but uh yeah i i mean absolutely because the younger brother not only did he not work he he did the total antithesis <laughs> yeah. he actually did material damage to the estate um, and yet was still welcomed in. And, it, and you're right. There's this, this merit, the, there's, you know, works righteousness operating underneath. It's so like, as I'm sitting here, I'm like, how do you say it so many times? And like, it, like the feeling behind that is, is that it's just so pervasive in our thought. It's hard to get our brains around a kingdom of grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does that even look like? Because we're just so imbued in this idea of, of, of merit. Um, and, and so how do we, you know, how do we then become the people of a people of grace? And in some ways it, it looks, I wonder if it means that, you know, the, the church that particularly the American church that has grown up probably needs to look a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe a lot different. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because we still, it, even you know, in the way we count attendance and count offerings, and you know, we we like to pretend that those things don't matter, but they do. I mean, we we know who's who's here, and we make judgments about the people who aren't here, um, whether valid or invalid. You know, just like I'm sure the workers made judgments about the people who were were hired late in the day yeah. you know were were they too lazy to get up and get there by six o'clock were they you know like were they too consumed with all these other matters to make a, a living i mean it's not you had mentioned you know the the sense of um if you don't work you don't eat which is very clear but it's kind of the same way that we often view social services and stuff today like well why you know if you're too lazy to get a job, then why should I have to pay that bill? You know, so even there's still that sense of work hard. Yeah. Satisfy these requirements. Well, yeah. And and so that's in direct tension, of course, then with Paul, be, mm. because he says in, I think it's Galatians. No, I can't remember. Uh, that's going to come to me. <laughs> um, you know, he, he who doesn't work shall not eat. But what Paul is talking about there is someone who's freeloading off of, off of the community. Yeah. Whereas this, the workers are, you know, they, they are trying to do something. Even the ones who come at the last hour, they're trying to do something. 
um, they're willing to, you know, they just, you know, for whatever reason, I had to deal with stuff at home. I had to deal, mm-hmm. you know, I had my fishing business. Yeah. Um, Real and valid excuses, reasons. I mean. But things that kept them back. And yeah. so, um, you know, uh, it, things that we don't get in the background of the story. But the point is that they're not freeloading off the community here. They're, they're trying to make something work, whether or not they're able to with the other landowners um this seems to be the only landowner that is willing to give people a shot and not only that but his generosity compels him to make sure that they're taken care of um and so you know yeah we so there's a tension there with paul Mm -hmm. realizing okay there's a difference between freeloading and and commonly pushing towards the the end goals of the kingdom yeah well and i could see I could even see this parable, you know, if, if the next day I could see a case for, you know, people the next day, well, yesterday the landowner paid the people that didn't get hired till 3 p.m. the same as those who got there at six. So why should I even get there at six? And like, and that's not, I don't get the sense that that's what Jesus was, was talking about. Right. That pushes beyond the the limits of the parable. Um, you know, and and that that's kind of that tension with Paul. Like this grace isn't, you know, it's kind of like the idea of you know, well, if if I'm going to get grace, should I just keep going on sinning and doing whatever I want? Right. <laughs> no, like it's a it's a tension, and and the intent and is an important part of that. That you know, it's not free free reign to freeload or to you know, to do whatever we want to, you know, go and live like the younger son and be like, it's all right. Cause my father's going to welcome <laughs> me back anyway. So it's all good. Um, you know, that our intentions and that our heart is all a part of that, the, the sanctification, the, the growing, the bearing the fruit of the spirit and to, to being made more like Christ. Um, and so like, like so many things, it's that strange tension of knowing we can't do it on our own. And yet, not using that as an excuse to not even try right yeah um for sure and i think that's in galatians i'm pretty sure because even in galatians there's kind of a a tension between um you know this idea that paul says that that you know each one should carry his own burden but but we should also carry each other each other's burdens and it's funny because the the way that those words get translated is you know we should carry our own load like our own everyday load is what he's saying mm-hmm. but it's the extraordinary burdens that we're to help other people out with and so there's this sense where like there's a baseline where yeah we do take care of our own ourselves but then you know once something comes up paul is saying no the community absolutely has to rally Mm -hmm. in those moments um and so but again that's that's not um you know that's kind of beyond the the scope but that's the tension that's being held so um because you know it's very easy for us to land on one of those or the other be like oh it's either all grace or all like yeah work hard and (laughs) yeah work mm -hmm. hard um, and so it's hard to keep those things in intention. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how would you do that, you know, as a business owner, when you're trying to actually, you know, it's one thing if you're God and you have all the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're God, <laughs> and I mean, you're God. yeah. <laughs> 
but it's another thing. Okay, I'm a business owner and I've got an employee mm-hmm. who, in terms of economic output, is hurting me. What do I do? Yeah. Um, well, it's the same thing as we we raise children. I think too that that tension between grace and consequences. You know that that sometimes consequences need to be a part of how we parent, how we educate, how we um, how we conduct ourselves in in everyday life, and how do you balance that with grace? Like you know, where's that? And it's that same kind of tension of of grace and works that that there has there because there does have to be effort and evidence of a changed life and a committed heart as a part of the body of Christ together, but also that sense that there has to be grace too because we'll never make it yeah. on our own. Yeah, and, and that's you know you I get the sense that that the people who were hired not at the beginning of the day, probably walked away with some sort of transformation. Mm-hmm. Whereas the the people who were there at the beginning of the day, you know, they're still just, they can't see the generosity. Yeah. When it kind of reminds me a bit too, how so often we don't, that back to the idea of not being happy that everyone's needs are met. But, you know, that idea like, well, if I consider myself a Christian and I think I'm right in all these things that I don't even want you who believes differently or has different perspectives to be a part of the kingdom. Like I, you know, I don't want to be alongside of you in the kingdom of heaven because I'm right and you're wrong and I'm doing it right and you're doing it wrong. You know, that again, that works like I've, I've been striving so hard to get it right. So if I think you're wrong, then clearly you're not even a part of this with me. Yeah, uh, you know, it makes me think about you know the the um, Count uh, Zinzendorf who who said um, preach the gospel, die and be forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, and and even when you're working in ministry, there's this danger to create a name for yourself mm-hmm. and and kind of to to be known and and. And I think that's true of church members too. You know, the, some churches I've been there. Um, I have seen a plaque on a microwave, and, <laughs> and and you go, "Oh my gosh!" Like, do we want to be known for something so badly? Um, whereas, you know, are we willing to reach the day of Christ and look and realize there are people who are totally unknown ahead of us, and to rejoice in that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that the people who are considered greatest on the day of Christ might be, you know, Alfo- uh, you know, Alfonso the unknown yeah, who lived in some backwater town, uh, in the eight hundreds, uh, that no one ever knew about and, but lived faithfully and, you know, lived out the gospel in that area. Yeah. And I think that unknown, aspect is important because so often we it seems like even that idea of the last shall be first and the first shall be last then somehow we think well then I'm going to be the greatest last there ever was and I'm going to be the (laughs) lastiest last there ever was and you know and that's and that's where we get the humble brags and the you know that sense of well you know almost we were talking before the 
podcast about the Pharisees and almost like, well, fine. If Jesus said to, to be this, then I'm going to take it down even further so that I'm the most humble of all the humble people, that I'm the last, that, that no one can, can be more humble, more giving than I am. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a danger. I mean, the, the, I mean, Jeremiah, the, the, the heart above all things is wicked mm-hmm. and, and the, our ability to, to twist even the best intentions, which is why, um, transformation in Christ is such a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't check off one box. It's not like elementary school. And, you know, my boys are, you know, I see the year to year progression in like math. You have to learn addition before you can learn subtraction before you can do this. And I, and the Christian life is, yeah, there are things that you learn and build on, but this constant weeding out uh, sin from the heart is more like weeding. Like every mm-hmm. season, the weeds come back up and you go, ah, yeah. where, I thought I took that out. Um, and to realize that it's this, this, this work that is going to continue until Christ. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes too, it's hard to give ourselves grace in that, that, you know, sometimes we read this passage and we are right there with the all day workers and we are mad and we can get it. And then other times we can rejoice with the landowner and, you know, and, and to, to give ourselves permission to understand and that we're not there yet. You know, that we're, that, that, yeah, we do have a sense of, of justice and works righteousness that this, violates and we're working real hard to overcome it but today is not that day you yeah. know today i'm just annoyed at the landowner owner you know, it and gives, that's okay it gives me some some peace as well so each um one of the things that i have had as a tradition in pastoral prayers is to open up some time for us to pray for our, one for our own needs but two for people we want to see come into the kingdom and mm-hmm. they you know uh, i was at good shepherd for seven and a half years i've been here you know through little over half a year yeah um so there have been some people that i've been praying for you know for eight years now mm-hmm. and one of the things that this passage does is it gives me hope for those people mm-hmm. um that you know my heart's desire is that they would come to know christ and to know that even if it's <laughs> even if it's 5 p.m mm-hmm. that that hope is still there that we um that 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 we might one day see them in the kingdom. Yeah. And, and in that respect, I, I have a, I feel for the, the, you know, the later workers and I understand the joy of the landowner to see those people actually come in mm-hmm. and be a part of the kingdom. Yeah. I wonder if, if that personal perspective too is, is key. You know, I, I don't know, we're not told how these workers have related to each other, but, but as you said, you know, there are people dear to our hearts that we, we desperately want to see come to faith, to have the peace that, that passes understanding to, to have, um, that assurance uh, that, that they don't have to do it on their own. And, and we love them. So of course we want them to experience that whenever, whether it's three o'clock, five o'clock, whenever, um, you know, I wonder, though, it's much easier to take a harder stance on who should get what when they're not personal, dear, beloved 
people of ours. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me glad that that judgment is in God's hands yeah. and not ours. Whew. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't even live up to my own standards, let alone God's. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yay grace. So, um, yeah, so that's any final thoughts you have there, Dina, anything that stood out to you on the, on the passage that we haven't covered? No, I don't think so. You know, kind of as we started off, this was, this one had a lot, this one, you know, and it really, it has a lot to unpack. And, and so often that seems to be the case, you know, you read, you read something and on first read, you're like, all right, you know, workers, I'll get paid grace. Great. But the longer you sit with something, the the more the more shades you can see, the more nuances, the more um, the more troublesome it gets in some yeah. ways, and then yeah. the clearer it gets in other in others. Um, which is why it's fun to do this kind of talking and and work things that that can't get encapsulated in a in a monologue, which is what a sermon is, which is, is yeah. good and, and necessary for what it, it does. But um, so I guess an encouragement, we've we've been focusing a lot on on questions. You know, if you notice that we have a question that the kids ask and, and in Lent, we've um, incorporated a, a reflection question. But hopefully you have people in your life that you can talk through some of these things with, too. Yeah. And if not, come have lunch with us. Yeah, please. The The conference room is always open for lunch. Uh, 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 but yeah, it's, it's, there are definite, and it's good. It's a good reminder that, you know, we don't get everything we need out of the teaching on, in a monologue on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, this is now the third time I've sat with this, this passage because Sunday school and, um, and the sermon and now this, and it's just amazing how much, you know, I, I'm, I now have a love hate relationship with this parable. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like it because of what, how deep it's deeply, it says it speaks of God's grace. And I hate it cause it's just so, so freaking hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully too, you know, as we've talked through this, it's a good reminder. Like we certainly don't have all this figured out. I mean, I guess I won't speak for James, but for no, me, you it, know, no. <laughs> um, there's constantly things in scripture that that I question and I struggle with and just plain don't like. Um, yeah. You know, like how how much neater it would be if if the vineyard owner just paid everyone according to their effort and was was done. Um, but like we don't have it all figured out either. And part of the joy of being a part of Christian community is is working these things out together and asking questions and, and wondering together. Um, and so, so again, just a constant invitation to, to let us know where you see echoes of the scriptures, echoes of the sermons, where you're, where you're stuck and where you just don't like it and, and want to talk it out. Um, because that's how we grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this week. Uh, we'll be continuing on in Matthew uh, this coming Sunday. Um, but until then, uh, I hope that this has deepened your walk with Jesus and that you are able to connect Sunday uh, to Monday, uh, Sunday to the weekday, even better. So have a good day and we'll see you the next time. All right.